This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, happy 4th of July from the Gun Owners Radio family. We uh, couldn't be more proud. But we're also very proud to have John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group as a show sponsor. And did you know Dillon Law is one of the attorneys on the Miller versus Bonta? Bonta. I don't know why I can't say that case. Bantha, if you're Bantha. a Star Wars fan. Oh, we, know, we know why. <laughs> and if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call attorney John Dillon. And if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws, 760-642-7150, 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. And if you're tuning in to YouTube live stream today, go to youtube.com slash gunownersradio. You'll see the whole crowd. Hit that like button and subscribe and tell all your friends. So, boy, we got some topics and people and... Yeah, we got a full house. We, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a full house on uh, Kick Britain's Butt Day. <laughs> is it, oh, is that what that Every is? year we celebrate. <laughs> yeah. I Pretty, like that. Yeah, right? Yeah, it works let's, for Let's me. go around the room. Let's start over here. Of course, Dave Stahl. We all Ta-da. know Dave. <laughs> Where are you, Patrick? Patrick Lopez. And where, who do you represent? I am with APA GOA. That's right. We got a really cool announcement coming up. We're going to have breaking news. Oh, 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 oh. Coming up. Got Joe. How you doing, man? Ah, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. Happy Independence Day. Happy Independence Day. And then sitting next to you is? Amy Dillon. Get a little closer. Pull that mic towards It's Amy Dillon. Amy Dillon, the one and only. Glad to be here. There you go. No relation to John. (laughs) Just double checking. And then who are you? Squeaky. Uh, Yeah, I'm squeaky. I'm Melissa. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard of you. Gear review girl. Gear review girl, Melissa. Yeah. I like it. And we have, we, so we have, we have the Marine Corps represented, right? Yes, that's that's right. The Marine Corps. There we go. You were a uh, what were you? Did you do for the Marine um, Corps? I was a Marine Corps drill instructor, actually. Yes, you were. And then of course we have the Navy right next to you. That's true. A a, a what was I? A steely eyed killer of the deep. That's right. <laughs> and then the Army, right? Weren't you Army? United States Army. Sorry, one nine eight three two three six six. Sir. Wow. Wow. So we're missing the Air Force, but I guess we got Army, and they were Army Air Corps. So that's close that's enough. True. That's close enough. That's close. Actually, we got something kind of close. We have uh, my nephew. We're going to start. We're doing things a little, a little, uh, a little out of order. Usually, we put uh, stump my nephew. Uh, at, at the last segment, but we're, we're going to do it right up front because it's Fourth of July. We'll explain and why. He wants to go see the fireworks. Well, it's even more. It's even better than that. Sam, are you there? Yeah. How are you guys? Good, man. So uh, you're actually going to go see the fireworks from an airplane, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, as some of you, as some of you may know, uh, in the listening audience, I am a licensed pilot 
Um, so I will be flying at um, 3,000 feet around our local minor league ballpark where they do fireworks on Independence Day. There you go. So, wow. so we, we kind of have an Air Force representative. Sam, what do, you, what, what, what do you fly? Or do you belong I to a club? A Piper Cherokee. Piper Cherokee? Okay. Yeah, a little four-place trainer. Yeah, yeah. No, those are those are really cool. Yeah, Sam, I, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to your your place, and you're going to fly me around in an airplane next right. she 4th want, of July. She wants to jump out. So, yeah, when most of us were learning how to drive a car, Sam was learning how to fly a plane. He's been a, you've been a licensed pilot since you were 17? Yeah. Dude, Sam's a stud. He never talks about himself. I know. Sam is a stud. He, he's an airplane pilot. He was an Eagle Scout. He knows everything there is to know about guns. This guy's a stud. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's so awesome. So if you're a single lady in the oh, Virginia area, <laughs> preferably <laughs> under the age of 40, 40 is good. <laughs> What's wrong with 40? Nothing. But he's 21. <clears throat> hey, so. he's your uncle. Don't yell at us. But Sam is a is a fantastic pilot. His father uh, was a is a pilot, but was a pilot in the Air Force. And his grandfather well, was there's a, your Air Force. There you go. His grandfather was a war hero for uh, he was a U.S. pilot in World War II, and he was a war hero for the uh, for Israel. So it's in his blood. Yeah. So Sam, not that it really fits, but I've been up in five. B seventeens, because that's awesome. my that's my plane of choice. What, I mean, what's a B seventeen, Sam? Uh, it's a four engined heavy bomber from the Second World War. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, of course it is. And it's an amazing. Have you ever been up in one? I have not. You have to put it on your bucket list. You have to do it. So I mean, you're going to be in this Cherokee. You're going to be uh, looking at the fireworks. You're going to be kind of looking down on the fireworks and looking off to the side. You're going to be equal with the explosions, right? Isn't that the deal? Yeah, pretty much. But um, you, uh, as much fun as that is to talk about, you didn't bring me on to talk about flying. You brought me on to answer questions. <laughs> get this guy, he's all nonchalant. <laughs> well, he's like, got to get out to the airbase. In three hours, I'm going to be like floating in someone's pool, you know, drinking some iced tea. He's going to be flying a plane and looking at, right. at fireworks. He's like, yeah, whatever. All right. So all right. Who's, at, who's asking the question? Melissa? You want to ask the question? Sure, sure. This comes from a... uh, He needs to give it to her. One of our favorite uh, listeners, too, by the way. Hi, Sam. So... Hi, how um, are you? Good. Um, So this question comes from Dr. Exotic from YouTube. He's a really good guy, too. Um, Question is, what... You're going to need to lower your piece of paper. Oh, that's right. I have a a camera in front of my face. Sorry. (laughs) Um, What was a a culverin um, or... Culverine. It's C O U L E U V R I N E or C U L V E R I N. Okay. What about this gun? Is its name derived and why might it be of interest to an exotic animal veterinarian like me? Um, first of all, um, it's it's cool that you're pulling questions from the uh, the YouTube listeners. Um, that's really nice uh, that that you're you're getting sort of a following there. Um, second, I, I have to say. I've heard this term before. I know it comes from French, um, but I I can't tell you what what it refers to. I'm lost on that. No, oh, looks what? like uh, you looks, got me there. Looks oh, like Jeff gets a. Did we? we did Dr. We finally stump Sounds him. like a stump. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Exotic, if you're listening, you're gonna get. You not only do you get a T-shirt or a hat, whichever you want, but you're gonna get a. Uh, you're going to get a front site membership. So if you don't already have one, uh, you're going to get a front site membership. Or if you already have one, you're going to be able to transfer that to somebody for stumping my nephew. Way go, to go, Dr. Go Jeff. Ahead, go ahead, read, the, uh, read, the, read his explanation. 
the weapon had a relatively long iron barrel attached to a long straight or curved wood, wooden stock, which was held under the shooter's arm. It was this stock that gave the weapon its name, derived from the French word couvert or grass snake. And what exotic animal veterinarian doesn't love snakes? Oh, I hate snakes. The Colvern fired solid round shot projectiles with a high muzzle velocity, producing a relatively long range at flat trajectory. There you go. So it was uh, was a, a simple ancestor of the musket. And in time, cannons uh, actually adopted for use by the French. So you got the French part right, but um, oh well. Oh well, man. All right, well, good enough. You can't get them all. Well, there you go. It was a really, um, really interesting question. Yeah. All right, my friend. Have a happy Independence Day. Celebrate beating the British. Uh, say hi to your old man and your, uh, your mom, and we'll talk to you next week. And uh, everybody listen out there, send in a question. Um, again, if you if we use your question on the air, we'll give you a hat or a shirt. If you stump my nephew, which is rare, but it happened today, you're going to get a front sight membership, which is a lifetime of free training. Sh- pistol, rifle, shotgun, carbine, all kinds of cool stuff. Everybody listening, stay tuned because we have some breaking news that we're going to talk about next. Absolutely. And next, Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. So don't go anywhere. That's the breaking news. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Over the last year or so, violence against Asian Americans has become a thing which sucks. I wish there was some kind of group that would make it easier for Asian Americans to defend themselves. Oh, wait, there is. Here today are the leaders of the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association with a big announcement. Breaking news coming up. But first, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and there's no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. Gun owners should have coverage for the legal battles after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and protect U.S. Law Shield, it is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. And guess what, gun owners, radio listeners? You can get a free T-shirt when you join. Use promo code GUNOWNERSRADIO at uslawshield.com. All right. So we have we have breaking news. So the uh, Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association has chosen Gun Owners Radio to announce their formation, and we have their board members here, including Chris Chang on the line. Chris, are you there? Yes. Hey, good afternoon, and happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. And we also already introduced Amy. Amy Dillon's here, board member. Hi, everyone. Amy Dillon here. And our own Melissa Lee, who everybody knows and loves. Thank you. And then, of course, Patrick Lopez. You're here as well. Hello. You guys, you guys are all founders of the uh, uh, Asian Pacific American Gun Owner Association, which is, it's APAGOA, right? It's APAGOA. Like, okay, APAGOA. <laughs> we're trying to use. Somebody told me it was APAGOA. In, in any case. I wonder who. I, yeah, that's me. Like I, I'm lazy, and I don't want to say APAGOA. 
and he scolds me every time, and that's why he says, I wonder who told you that. The Asian it was American me. Gun Association. Of course, Chris Chang, who everybody knows and loves. So, Chris, let's start with you. What was the what was the catalyst, man? What what made you guys start the organization? Well, you know, since uh, you know, I jumped into Second Amendment advocacy 10 years ago, I've always been sort of, you know, waiting for, you know, a, a moment like this where we have, uh, you know, the, the, the right leaders stepping up in the community. And, you know, the, 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 the racist attacks against Asian Americans over the past year and a half has been sort of the unfortunate catalyst. But I think with the APA GOA leadership, we're going to see something really good, you know, come out of uh, all of this uh, just, just, just hateful attacks. But we are really excited to form APA GOA and really focus on three pillars of safety, education, and community. That's awesome. Let's talk about community. What's the what's the plan? How do you how do you organize the community, or how do you reach out to the community, or, or how do you build a community? How do you build um, the, an Asian Pacific American uh, gun community in California? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not just in California. This is definitely nationwide, and you know, I think at its very base. We want to create physical spaces, you know, events, right, for, for Asian Americans and, and for allies as well. You know, you don't have to be uh, Asian American to join APA GOA. And so the leadership team has uh, a number of, of great ideas and great events coming down the pipeline, everything from, you know, train, you know live fire you know, training sessions, social events, networking events, and, you know, bringing Asian Americans and, again, you know, it's, it's Americans from uh, all walks of life and, and different races and backgrounds who want to come and meet like-minded people who support gun ownership. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't want to uh, let too much of, uh, uh, of, of the uh, details out so I can uh, <laughs> let the leadership, uh, you know, talk more about it. But I'm, I'm really honored to be uh, on the board. And uh, I'm an official advisor for the group, and, and it's just going to be a really, really great time seeing APA GOA start up in, in 2021 here. So, Patrick, what, 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 was, what, what made you get fired up about this idea? So this is something that for me started in March, and I was just uh, out with some my brother-in-law, some of his friends just shooting, and I came out of that, and it was just a great experience, just, you know, hanging out with with some friends and like Chris said, there's a lot of stuff that's happening around that time. Uh, you know, the Atlanta shootings were, were happening, lots of reports of anti-Asian violence and hate crimes. And, um, you know, on top of that, just increased gun purchases just in general, and also increased gun, gun purchases from Asian Americans. That was also around the time in March where Chris Chang was speaking at the, uh, the Senate hearing, Senate judiciary committee hearing. And all this stuff was just floating around my head. Uh, and one day something just clicked. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought, hey, sh- there should be a group for, um, for Asian American, Asian Pacific American gun owners. And originally it started kind of like a question, like, shouldn't there be a group that exists like this? Because mm. it seems like such a, a common sense thing. And, uh, you know, just some group where, where we just had others, like, uh, you know, like my brother-in-law and his friends just hang out with. I started looking around, and I was kind of surprised that I didn't see any group like that that, that already existed. And uh, you know, at some point, the, this, the, the idea of a nonprofit and, and an educational group just got stuck in my head. And the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. 
you know, especially with these new gun owners that are, are purchasing firearms mm. out of, you know, out of fear, out of a need to feel safe from everything that's going on. To me, it felt important to, to see if I could help provide some educational resources to, to those folks. So, Amy, why is it important? Um, why is the, you know, it's the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. Why is it important to have an Asian Pacific American organization? Like, why, why didn't everybody just say, hey, you know what? We're going to get involved with the NRA. What's, what's the advantage in, of, of having, uh, uh, I, I almost said Apagoa. I don't want to get yelled at, <laughs> of the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association? I think specifically for the Asian Pacific American community, there are a lot of cultural differences with, within the community that I think are important for Asian people to identify with. So, um, and you know, an example of that is like just the language barrier in itself. Um, within the Asian culture, there's many different, different Asian languages that are spoken. And a lot of Asians that are in, in the United States don't speak English as a first language, for example. And so I think having a sense of community and a place where they can identify with the people within that organization, um, such as APAGOA, will make it easier for them to find the resources and information that they're seeking, especially as new gun owners. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's very well put. Um, Melissa, what's, what, what do you like best about the organization? The um, name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still struggling with that, that long name, but I'll get used to it. Um, what I think that attracted me to this is that um, they're directly trying to help out the um, Asian Pacific American community. Um, we've also created like ways for us to communicate better with people with language barriers because like a lot of people don't speak English and maybe that's the reason why they're not, you know, an outspoken gun owner because it's it's a huge language barrier. So in that we have created. Um, the four rules of gun safety, but we've actually trans had it translated um, to, what was it, um, Tagalog and Chinese and Japanese so far. So, um, and we're going to have more resources for other languages as well as okay, time goes on. So say all of them, all of them in all yeah, four yeah, languages. Yeah, you were putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> So, Chris, what's the stereotype? Um, you know, when it comes to the Asian American community and, and guns, what's the stere- what's the typical stereotype that you run into? Yeah, I mean, I think the stereotype is that Asian Americans are not gun owners, which is the farthest thing from the truth. And so, the whole point of APA GOA is to no- normalize gun ownership within the Asian Pacific American community. And you know, like most people, we want to see people who look like us. And, and, you know, who look like us that are engaging in right all sorts of fun, recreational, responsible, lawful activity like, you know, owning a gun and exercising our Second Amendment rights. And I think there's been this latent, like, I don't want to say, I guess like a, a, a latent interest in firearm ownership within the Asian Pacific American community that I think we're really starting to see it take off, especially over the past year and a half or two. And so, again, you know, APA GOA, we want to be that sort of central place where Asian Americans can, can come and, you know, train, build the community, ask all those great questions about, you know, oh, what caliber is best, 9 or 45, and, you know, what holster should I get for, uh, you know, for my pistol? 
And so uh, I'm, I've, I've got to take off. I'm actually at a 4th of July parade here with my family. Sure. Uh, but I just wanted to say that I'm really proud and honored to be working alongside the APA GOA leadership. And 2021's already been a great year, and uh, the team has a lot of exciting things to come. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We're going to continue talking about this, but uh, thanks for for calling in. Uh, Thanks for being a friend of the show, Chris, and uh, go celebrate uh, beating up on the British. I think it's important. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having me on today, and happy Independence Day, everybody. Yeah. So, Patrick, what's the the first big thing you guys are going to do? So... The four rules translated, that was, that was actually one of our, our big things. Uh, like we talked about, having uh, you know having some of these translations, something to help break that language barrier is something that does differentiate us from some of the other groups that are out there. One of the other things uh, you know that we're talking about is this focus on safety, education, and community. So we have a lot of ideas for these different programs, so safety programs to promote safe and responsible storage and usage of firearms. With our education programs, we're you know, going to focus on these translated educational and training resources. And then Chris talked a little bit about our community programs where we'll create opportunities for members and supporters to engage with each other. Melissa, I know you had something specific that you wanted to talk about that was coming up. I don't know if you wanted to yes. break that news now. Um, let's see. So- breaking, wait, we have breaking news? More breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Now. <laughs> okay. Okay, now I can start. <laughs> So the APA GOA team will be attending the NRA annual meeting in Houston, September 3rd through the 5th. And hey, that is awesome. Yeah. That's cool. And then um, we are planning to host a training event so people can learn how to use their gun safely um, in the Bay Area. Um, the, the date is it's going to be free to the community, completely free. And we have some amazing trainers from the Bay Area, including Amy is going to be there. Chris Chang is actually going to be training as well. Um, and it's going to be in the Bay Area, and we do not have a time or date yet. It's going to be set. So, like, if you would like to participate in this Bay Area free firearms training, please go to our website, apagoa.org, and sign up for our emails to keep yourself posted. All right. That music either was for you or it means it's a break. So I'm, I'm going to assume it's a break. <laughs> it's a break. Well, I didn't know you <laughs> Got got hit him to Brendan to set you up with music, but uh, next in no that can't be right. Is yeah, that, is no, that right? We're, yeah, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going. We got a whole lot well, more to talk Shaky about. Dave, who's who? I got see four four thirty. Shaky Dave at the bottom. Shaky Dave, I don't. What are you talking about? I don't know. I've got a completely different uh, itinerary. Not you, Dave. Okay, so up next, we're, we're going. <laughs> We're going to uh, commercial, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a lot more about the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. Right here on <laughs> Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Blackhound Optics, accurate, affordable, guaranteed sporting optics that go the distance. Backed by customer service that goes that extra mile. Great guys, great products, and a great company that is making optics affordable. On top of quality optics, they pay close attention to the customer experience. And did you know their scopes come with mounts so you don't have to worry about finding one that fits? We are so excited to have them as an official partner of the show. Ask for them at your local gun store or find them online at Blackhound Optics. 
Facebook.com. And continuing from our last segment, we've got Amy Dillon, Patrick Lopez, and Melissa Lee talking about the Asia-Pacific American gun owners. You know, Chris said something interesting. Uh, he said that uh, just now. He said that you, you, you know, you wanted to, um, you wanted to put together an organization where people could learn from people who looked like them, and that's that's something that was uh, that I didn't that, that I really kind of connected with recently. And I don't know if this is a dumb story or not, but it, it wasn't something I could relate to. I kind of thought, well, why does that matter? Why does it matter if someone looks like me or, or whatever, you know? And and when you're as handsome as I am, it's hard for anyone to, you know what I mean? So, but, but the reality is, uh, I kind of get it. Uh, I was, I was, I was thinking about it the other day. I was really into boxing in the, in the '90s when I was in high school. I was really into it, and the '90s was the heyday of boxing. I mean, there were a ton. Of, looking back, you know, there were a ton of really great guys: Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis, and you know, all these really great guys. You know who my favorite boxer was? Not Rocky. I mean, real life, <laughs> Melissa. My favorite boxer. Any guesses? Muhammad Ali. Tommy Morrison. Mm-hmm. Why was Tommy Morrison my favorite boxer? Why? Because he was a white guy. And I didn't really realize it. But looking at Tom, I was like, hey, this is someone I can relate to. This is someone, you know, if he did it, I could probably do it. You know, not that I didn't like Tyson. I thought that guy was a. a, a, a you know, He'll bite you. he was amazing. He was amazing. But he still is. But and Tommy Morrison, by the way, went way downhill. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I get it. I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. You know, t- tell Amy, you're, you're nodding your head. Talk a little bit more about that. The idea of a group where people just simply look more like you do. Well, I just think that, um, you know, just from, from a personal story, um, I remember seeing because I've been in the firearms industry for about 10 years now, mm-hmm. and I never felt the need to find someone that looked like me. Um, so it never crossed my mind to form or to look for mm-hmm. an Asian, you know, a specific Asian Pacific American group. But now, now that I'm now that I'm in it, and now that it's been, especially with the last year, hearing and seeing a lot of violence in the media against yeah. Asian Americans, um, I remember seeing a story about a man who his face was slashed for no reason, mm. aside from the way he looked um, in a New York subway. And I remember telling my fiance when I was reading the story, like, this man looks like my uncle. And it just made me think about my family and like my mom, for example, who doesn't own a gun, isn't, it doesn't carry, but where would she go and feel comfortable learning about firearm safety? Yeah, You know, so it's those instances and especially the last, you know, the last couple incidents where we've seen elder Americans who happen to be Asian American, Asian Pacific American, you know, I, th- I thought about where, where would a person who wouldn't have the same channels that they think is available to them, where would they go to seek the resources? Right. So, it's just a connection. Exactly. The connection and connection is, I mean, everything we do is formed with connections. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like I didn't like, you know, because of, it's just that that was a connection. Hey, you know what? I, there's something that Tommy Morrison and I have in common. You can identify with that. Can person. identify with right. that person. I mean, my favorite football player was was Lawrence Taylor. Which, by the way, I'm starting to see a trend with some of my favorite sports players. They all took a huge nosedive. Jeez. My favorite, my favorite boxer is Manny Pacquiao, and it's because he's there Filipino. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Now you were okay. So you were in the Marine Corps. Yes. Did you ever train with uh, with any uh, foreign militaries? 
Oh, yeah, we did all the time. So one thing I've noticed is you guys are promoting the four universal rules, which which is great. I think that that's that it's a it's a, it's a very American thing. Um, I've noticed that uh, foreign, uh, even foreign trained, you know, people, those those four universal rules aren't really all that universal. <laughs> They're more like four American rules. <laughs> the foreign, you know, people that have been in foreign militaries. They don't know those rules, and they are nowhere near as safe. Well, it's, you know, American culture. We're the only country in the world where its citizens have the right to keep and bear arms. Yeah. And so I think that plays a huge um, it plays a huge role in the messaging when it comes to firearm safety and ownership. Debbie, have you noticed that, though, when you were training with foreign militaries? You get muzzled more? and Oh, yes. I've got <laughs> stories for days. I don't think we have enough time. But, uh, but actually, no, I, I, I'm all kidding aside, um, I did notice a big difference with foreign military firearms training versus. I mean, there's a reason why the United States forces are the ones that go and train foreign military when it comes to training. I mean, and there's there's a lot of places where I've spent training foreign military because they've sought they've specifically sought out the United States to to um, train with. We're the best. We're the best exactly. with guns. <laughs> Just ask the British on the 4th of July here, right? <laughs> Bunch of drunken squirrel hunters beat the crap out of the entire British military. Because we knew how to shoot. Dressed in red. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Not so, hard to hit. So we also have, Melissa, we have somebody on the line. You want to introduce? Yes. Um, on the line we have Vincent, who is our director of community. You there, Vincent? Uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. Hey, Vincent. How you hey, doing, man? Good. Good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. So talk, talk to us about the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. What's your number one priority in your role? Number one priority is to, like, engage with the community, build the community aspect of uh, the organization. So I would like to think of the organization kind of from a high level as, like, uh, we are simultaneously a resource uh, where, you know, people don't have to, like, even interact with us before they, you know, learn something from us or, or, or find a resource on our website or, you know, whatever have you. Right. So, so providing a resource. And then, uh, the second part is providing a community, um, as was just discussed. So, um, so how do you do that, Vincent? How are you going to reach out to the Asian American community? How do you, how do you, uh, I was going to say, how do you target the Asian? You probably don't want to. No pun intended. But how do you how do you focus on there? That's better. How do you focus on the Asian American community? Um. Yeah. Good question. Uh. Yeah. That's 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 uh. That's the challenge, know, right? Um, it is a challenge, right? Finding finding people who don't know that they want to find you. Mm, wow. And, you know, that's something that we're figuring out along the way, but also it's through this kind of, you know, making connections, right? This, this kind of networking and, uh, and uh, you know, getting to know, like building an initial community and then, and then building out from there, uh, asking um, community members, hey, like, how can we branch out to this particular community? You know, what, what kind of uh, uh, materials or content would be, you know, particularly engaging 
uh, for that subgroup. Right? Yeah. And, um, hey, sorry, this is Patrick. So, uh, you know, the Asian community is diverse, like we talked about, and reaching out to them uh, is something that we're trying to do with, with events like this, you know, being somewhere where, uh, you know, we're getting media attention, reaching out to our networks. It's, you know, this is really more than individuals, but it, it's, it's amazing to me to, to have the support of people like Chris, people like Amy, people like Melissa, people that are in the, the industry. And we're, you know, we're just starting out. This was an idea in, in my head in March. Here we are four months later, you know, on the radio. It's, it's amazing. We're, we're just getting started. Like we're, we're really trying to, to uh, you know, push our message, connect with others to, to help spread the word. And, and that's really how we want to try to reach the community. You know, it, it, but the idea is I'm, I'm uh, you know, from, from my perspective, correct me if I'm wrong here. The idea is you want to read far fewer stories about Asian Americans being attacked and far more stories about Asian Americans being trained and armed and defending themselves. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I think that's a, a worthy goal. I think that that's an awesome. Uh, you guys are off to an uh, awesome start, and again, that's a very very worthy goal. And uh, yeah. I, so, are you going to focus in California? I mean, how do you, you can't focus on all fifty states? So, what 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 you know? What's that look like? What's your do you have a single state plan and a fifty state plan, or what do you think? We we have a lot of. Well, you have a motorhome, so you can focus on. <laughs> The whole country. I'm the official but. travel. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, we actually have a lot of we have a lot of long term goals, and and we we've been meeting since uh, since Patrick founded the foundation. We've been meeting every couple weeks, it seems, every mm-hmm. two, you know, weekly. Uh, in the beginning, we were meeting every week to talk about how we're going to grow the community. Setting up the website was very important because that was going to be the focal point of where our members can get in touch with us. We've actually, even without any advertising, we've had a lot of media outlets contact us. Um, already. And so that's been really awesome. We've been very well received. The feedback we're getting, just like you were saying, you know, this is much needed. Um, we're excited to be a part of it. Um, Chris also, he um, he was profiled in Recoil Magazine, I think last month, and he mentioned us. So we, we've got a lot, a lot of hits on our website from that article. Recoil is the best. They, they are, they're a Those really great Those guys are so supportive. Have, Mark right? Hahn and, and John Schwartzy. Mm-hmm. Great guys. And, you know, and even with just the, the individual things that, for example, Chris, myself, Melissa, that we do within the industry, that we, we try to take an opportunity to, to always share about APA, APAGOA. Um, and so for any of, the, any of the listeners, APAGOA.org is where you can find more information about us and, and even get in touch with us there. And donate. Can we donate to you guys yet, or how does that work? We're working we're on working it. On yeah, that. we're working okay. on that. That's okay. Right. Yeah, we're brand new. But, uh, you know, definitely we can't say, hey, we're going to, you know, right from the start, say we're going to be everywhere in the U.S. for every type of, of firearms owner. We've got to start somewhere. You know, the, the folks that are here today, we're, we're from California, so it's, you know, a little bit easier for us to start here, but we're not. We're not saying, hey, we're just California. We are really are looking ahead. Awesome. Well, and if you can be successful in California, you can be successful yeah, anywhere. Yeah, exactly, yes. So exactly. you're starting in the right state, trust right. me. Right. All right, folks, this is... Oh, don't forget. Now, now I now you say... got the Now you got the right <laughs> outro. And it still makes no sense. But next in studio with Shaky Dave to talk about competing in the shooting sport with Parkinson's. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. 
A lot of people might think that it would be impossible to handle a gun, let alone compete in the shooting sports with Parkinson's disease. In studio is David Smith, a.k.a. Shaky Dave, to talk about it. But first, are you tired of your money going to big tech companies with First Amendment issues like Amazon, Google, or Apple? Well, check out Free Speech Alternatives, conservativeeconomy.com slash gunownersradio. You can shop electronics, home goods, office products, and some t- something you won't find on Amazon, guns. And there's a lot more. When you shop at Conservative Economy, you also help Gun Owners Radio. Just go to conservativeeconomy.com slash gunownersradio. That's conservativeeconomy.com slash Gun Owners Radio. All right, in studio guest, David Smith. How you doing, bud? Great. How you doing? Living the dream, my friend. Living the dream. Now, you and Amy know each other, right? You didn't just meet on the air here. No. How do you guys know each other? Uh, that's my fiance. We've been together a couple of years. Congratulations. Congratulations. Okay. Uh, now, when you do talk, just turn towards the mic. There you go. So, uh, okay, so... So don't look at him. He's not worth looking I, at. You don't want to look at me. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, I have a face for radio. Yes, so he does. So you guys um, you guys are both competitive shooters. Yes. And we were just talking about how you guys travel all over and do three-gun different competitions. Correct. So talk to us about Parkinson's. What exactly is Parkinson's? Well, uh, Parkinson's is a, a degenerative disease uh, uh, of the brain, just... Uh, Lack of dopamine uh, was uh, is uh, what it is, and uh, so through the lack of dopamine, uh, too little dopamine, you shake, and too much uh, causes a little bit other issues. So uh, there's a fine balance between the two, and uh, so so that hence the, your nickname, Shaky Dave. Yes, I'm it- the shakiest guy you'll ever meet. So <laughs> not unstable. <laughs> and the Parkinson so, Institute, they're working feverishly to try to rectify this issue because, from what I understand, it doesn't have anything to do with your mental cognitivity. I can't even say the word. I mean, you can still function through life. I mean, right. heck, you can shoot, for goodness sake. You can hold yeah. jobs. you know. But I think the shakiness is what kind of makes people feel uncomfortable. Well, the... Uh Parkinson's uh, is known as the shaky disease, but it has so much more, uh, you know, internal things sure. and things going on that, you know, nobody, you know, it's famous for being a shaky disease of, of uh, the elderly. But, uh, you know, uh, I got it when I was 38, I believe. Was, mm-hmm. and, uh, was it so like you woke up one morning and all of a sudden? started you- with a twitch. You know, my trigger finger actually was a twitchy finger, and it just... They said, oh, yeah, it, it's just going to... you just thought you were getting better. I thought I had nerve damage. <laughs> oh. And uh, so then, uh, you know, a year within a year, it was all the way through my body, uh, you know, in the parts of the brain that control my feet, uh, you know, my head, uh, my jaw, uh, both hands, arms. It was virtually every, every muscle group. So. Right, right. Does shooting make it go away? You know... Because, um, you know, I hear a lot of times people that have Parkinson. Either they play a piano, or yes. they sing, or they play an instrument. Yes. You know, it seems to like it's a concentration thing, and it just kind of makes it all go away. Right. It, it was the focus uh, of of that, but it's also I I, I believe that it was, uh, and I still believe that the dopamine rays after a shooting or handling uh, uh, something you're 
you're familiar with or maybe you like or enjoy, uh, that dopamine dump is, you know, the natural dopamine that you can't get out of a bottle. Right. You know, yeah. so that's. So the only time you get what we would call a normal dose is when you're doing something like music or shooting or whatever the case may be. Right. And uh, all the other therapies that I I, I tried was uh, not really working. Yeah. So the yeah. only thing I had left was, uh, you know, shooting. Yeah. So that's. Because they don't even know. After all these years of people dealing with Parkinson, because correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't affect everybody the same way. No. We're Has all every- like, uh, you know, just like snowflakes as far as they. I, <laughs> I knew I you were going to say that. I, I, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. But, yeah, that's what they all say. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been around enough uh, Parkinson's uh, people to to see what they go through and, you know, what I go through. And it's, yeah. it's so being shaky, different. Dave, you're probably a pretty good shot is what you're kind of telling me on the side here. Well. Oh, we're not going to brag. <laughs> I, just, I just shoot. That's what I do. I'm okay. trigger puller, and you know, I love it. Take so, a trophy home every once in a while. No big deal. It's, uh, you know, just shooting in general. It's, it's me against myself and, uh, yeah. you know, against the Parkinson's. Yeah. And, and uh, the, you know, I'm trying to beat it as much yeah. as it's trying to beat me. So. Yeah. Do, do you guys compete against each other? Is it, is it is it competitive when you guys? We're both really competitive. So <laughs> as she pushes him away, she, I know. She's like, like, she's, like she's like, it's not really a competition, Mike. You know, it's, it's Look, she just took the mic away from him. <laughs> no, I just. I'll handle this. Sometimes I, 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 you know, I try not to speak for Dave, but but I know we've talked about this, and he's okay with me jumping in. Um, I've been with, we've been together about two and a half years now, and. I didn't know anything about Parkinson's when I first met Dave, and so I've really had to really learn, um, you know, do the research myself and learn a lot. And a lot of people think that with Parkinson's, it's it's a physical disease, but it's 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 neurological. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, everything Dave said is is true. But he's he's being really humble. He actually went to Sweden. Um, when was it? Two years ago for uh, I mean, he competed for the USPSA at the at the World Rifle Match um, in 2019. Was it? Yeah, I think so, so, so I mean, he's he's really he's a great ambassador for. Well, the you sport. knew he was humble. You could tell he was <laughs> humble. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I mean, he he's not giving himself enough credit, but he's he's a great shot, and uh, he obviously is doing this with um you know with a with a handicap, and yeah. he doesn't he doesn't ever ask to be in a handicap or in a disabled division, if you will. Yeah. He competes with regular able-bodied shooters, and and he can hold his own. But I can tell you, Dave, you need to be more outspoken. <laughs> for the Parkinson community because until they see something that you're doing, they're lost. They just don't think they can do anything. And that, that is our, our, uh, me and Amy, our passion with, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Parkinson's community and other neurological conditions, uh, with shooting. You know, I was homebound at one time and I'm always, you know, I'm just a few steps away from being back there, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, having bad days is more right. you know, common as you go through this disease, but getting out and doing something, uh, that's, that's, you know, empowering in itself. Exactly. And, uh, so, um, showing people the tools you can do that with and expressing how you can, you know, whether it's a bad day or not, you can still get out there and dry fire in, in the, uh, you know, in your, in your living room or you can get out and you know, 
get to the range, right? Do whatever you want. Sound like Joe Jamisi. <laughs> he fire dry you know, or dry fires more than anything, right? I uh, used to, but we're we're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's because they're letting you. That's why. Is now is there what kind of is there something uh, some special considerations or special things you have to do in order to compete or you know do you have to rearrange your firearm or your or your technique or, or to to accommodate or how does that work? Well, for me um, personally, um, you know, with with my condition, I'm just a little slower, uh, and it's more about look. I'm never going to be on the podium with uh, you know people that are you know super fast, so. The speed aspect of it all goes out the window when, you know, when I have uh, my planning, you know, to get ready for a match or get a, get ready for a day of shooting, uh, that doesn't come into play. But other things like uh, I like red dots and optics, and, you know, that makes life a little easier. Uh, but no assistive devices, uh, you know, for me, except uh, sometimes I have a you know, sometimes you might see me in a walker, uh, wheelchair, scooter, and then sometimes I'm standing on my own. So. Yeah. Do just, when you go to these matches, are there any? Do they do they discriminate because you have Parkinson or how? No, really. the 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 community as a whole, as far as uh, shooting in whatever discipline you're shooting mm-hmm, in, is mm-hmm. very uh, inviting and helpful. That's awesome. And I've, I've had people tie my shoes when I couldn't. You know. Couldn't right. do that. Uh, wow. You know, help me load mags when I Dude. can't really do it. The gun it's, gun community is the best community. Gun, they are. Just they the are best without, people in the without, world, period. Gun, just uh, we met on the range and uh, at a shooting match. And, uh, you know, she never looked at me any different. So I, I, I think that's the gun family that, you know, we all enjoy. And well, know. i got to be telling you, I, <laughs> we're sitting here talking, and I don't see you any different than anybody else except that you're really excited to be sitting next to her <laughs> that's how i take it how do you stay motivated uh look i i have a lot of goals and uh whether it's you know shooting or uh, family uh, whatever yeah whatever it is and you just have to get out and do yeah. what you want and uh what you believe in yeah you only got you enjoy. one life. you only so, got one i mean i i, I just want to be like everybody else and have a family and sure. and uh, shoot guns when I want. Yeah. Have you thought about you know for to to stay motivated? Have you thought about marrying a drill instructor? You know I have, <laughs> and uh, promises uh, that we'll always uh, have a bed made. You know, Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah, they're strong on bed making. So <laughs> yeah, I, I bad. can't do it. I can't do it anymore. So. Nobody could bounce a quarter <laughs> higher than Amy. Let me sure. tell you. All right, folks. Hey, don't go anywhere. Stick around. The infamous Joe Dramisi is coming up right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 
Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. You're the intro. So, Joe is going to talk about Independence Day coming up next. (laughs) But first, maybe you've heard of Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Well, his company was banned because he stood against the cancel culture mob. What happened to MyPillow is not right. Our freedom of speech is just as important as our freedom of self-defense, and we are thrilled to support an American company like MyPillow. In fact, if you go to MyPillow.com and use code FREEMARKET3, you'll get up to 66% off America's best pillows. They will give you a great night's sleep. Enjoy the satisfaction of supporting companies fighting against cancel culture so that's mypillow.com and use the code free market three so joe germisi tell us about your pillow Well, it's an independent pillow, but um, I actually have my pillows. They're pretty. Good. Maybe I'll do a product review on that in a couple hey, weeks. I have my pillow too. That's a pretty good discount. I may uh, have to look into that pillow. Yep, highly recommend. But um, yeah, it's Fourth of July, so the article this week was about Independence Day, and no, we're not going to talk about another bad movie. Oh, oh that movie's great. Movie. Hold on. <laughs> Come on, that was a great movie. Welcome to Earth. That's <laughs> yeah, right up there with Red Dawn. What are you talking? Right about? up there. But um, no, I thought uh, you know it's uh, it's Independence Day. Aside from an excuse for me to actually make uh, dogs and burgers over real charcoal, um, be a good time to just uh, kind of reflect on things um, and take a look at our our independence, our freedom, our liberty, which is under vigorous attack around the country. So um, it would be a good time to talk about that, not to be depressing. But, um, you know, if you look at uh, what's going on nowadays around the country, I mean, we have a president. I don't know if you guys saw this last week where he talked about, uh, you know, we, uh, yeah, because he's, he's constantly mocking the Second Amendment, the Constitution in general. And, um, you know, he said we would, uh, what did he say, we would need nukes and F-15s mm-hmm. to go against uh, him or go against us is what yeah. he said. And it's very much an us versus them with these people. You know, it's a, um, it's like we're the government, we're the elites, and and you guys are being ruled. So, um, you know, it's a good time to talk about this today. Since uh, what was it 245 years ago, uh, the country decided that we'd had enough of a uh, being under a tyrant, so we declared independence. So, um, so that's kind of what we're talk- talking about today. And uh, you know, in California, if we look at it from a Second Amendment perspective, I mean, we're real familiar with with what's happened to us in terms of um, loss of freedom and liberty and that kind of stuff. Uh, just from the Second Amendment view uh, viewpoint, you know, we have uh, firearms out here that we are not allowed to buy, that everybody else in the country is allowed to buy. Um, you know, one of the most popular sporting rifles uh, across the country, we have to modify it, uh, make it less safe, make it less functional. Uh, you know, unrealistic taxes or unconstitutional taxes, I guess, and fees and regulations. All to um, inhibit, I guess, or uh, or discourage people from owning firearms, and it goes a lot further than the uh, just the Second Amendment part. If you look at everything that's happened over the last year with the COVID stuff, 
uh, loss of liberty, loss of freedom of uh, worship, freedom of association, uh, even the things going on with the vaccine type stuff now, uh, showing your papers, are you vaccinated? Um, when I went in, uh, just I had a uh, just an annual visit with the doctor the other day, and uh, you know he'd asked me, uh, "Well, are you getting the vac the vaccine?" I said, "No, nah, I you know I I looked at stuff. And I decided now nah, I'm not going to do it." And uh, and it was funny because he said, "Well, I'm not going to try to convince you because I've I've tried that with other patients and it doesn't seem to be working." <laughs> but the um, the approach that he took though, you know, after that, and he's a good guy. It's just you know he's saying, "Well, I don't want to see you end up with COVID in the hospital and stuff." So it's that fear thing. And then the other thing was, um, you know, he said, I don't want to see you not be able to do certain things that you might want to do because of this. So in other words, you know, the restrictions, again, the restrictions of your liberty and stuff to force you to do something, to comply with something. And um, we were talking about electric cars before the show. Yeah. And the uh, electric Jeeps. And yeah, and the push in California to, uh, you know, to make everybody have electric cars. Well, if you think about it, aside from it being unrealistic and not workable, you know, the electric car thing is a, a, a short, not a short term, but a, uh, it's a, um, it's something that you're going to be using around town. Basically the things, you know, they can't hold the charge. You only get so many miles out of it before you have to recharge it. And it's not like you can pull in somewhere, recharge for 10 minutes, like you're getting gas and then keep going. So realistically, if they, they push that kind of stuff, aside from not having enough power to charge the things, uh, since we can't barely keep the power on now, um, but, uh, you know, they require people either to have two cars. You'll have another car that you want to use for traveling somewhere and a, an electric car to use around town. Um, or the more likely thing is your travel will be restricted, which, again, is, uh, you know, things that dictatorships uh, do a lot or dictators do a lot. And uh, so I was thinking about this in the terms of independence. Um, I'm reading a book now by a, uh, a woman named, um, what's her name, is uh, Yin Mi Park is her name. And she's written a book called uh, In Order to Live. And she escaped North Korea uh, with her mom and her older sister uh, when she was a teenager. She's about 28 now, I think. And um, she ended up in, in New York, in New York City, and ended up in Columbia University. And she was appalled by what she saw there, the, uh, the wokeness, the anti-American stuff. And if you read her book, the things that she's describing that went on as, as a little kid, she was describing what they had to do there and uh, the control that the government had on every aspect of their lives. It, it is chillingly similar to what you see going on now in this country. Um, the, uh, the policies that, that the left is pushing right now, that the administration is pushing, uh, it's identical to what they do in North Korea. The only difference is I, uh, in North Korea, they're further along, but, but the ideas, the principles are exactly the same. And, um, you know, this is uh, when you look at that kind of stuff, it, it shouldn't be. I, I think the way the way to address this, I guess, is is for people to stand up, really. It, it's, yeah, this needs to be stopped politically. And um, it's interesting because, you know, the tendency is to say it's a partisan problem. Right. It's, oh, we got to elect Republicans and they'll fix it. Well, you know, the Republicans, especially in California, are a disaster. I mean, there is no plan. There's there's no strategy. Most of them don't even know there's a fight going on. What? And, uh, and this is my shocked face, Joe. Well, <laughs> yeah, I confirmed that again at an event last week where I talked to several of them. And, and yes, there is indeed no plan, no strategy. They don't even know what they're in a war. And, you know, and I've, I've come to think now it's, it's not really a partisan thing. This is an American issue. 
And it's it's time Americans need to step up, and this needs to get stopped politically. Um, and I think if you're you know if you're a, of the per Republican persuasion, you need to remove these people from office, these swamp Republicans, and you need to replace them with Republicans that care about the country. Same thing on the Democrat side. This is not a partisan thing. If you're a Democrat in nature, then you need to take your party back from these these crazy left wing extremists. And, uh, you know, elect responsible Democrats. We had over, with the recall election that's going on or coming up, they had over 500,000, I think, Democrats sign that recall petition. Hmm. So it's not, it should not be a partisan thing. It should be an American thing. But um, I think if people don't stand up and, um, you know, put the brakes on this thing, we're, we're going to be in real uh, trouble in the country. So I think Independence Day is a good day to reflect on that. Look at where the country has been. Look at our history that uh, NPR was mocking today, by the way, with the Independence Day stuff. NPR? NPR, yes. That mocking we, patriotism? That I, we fund. Can't believe that. <laughs> the only reason they're on the air is because they take taxpayer money. But um, it's a good time to just look and take stock of things and the kind of future you want to be in and get involved. Do something. Uh, be part of the future that you want in the country. So that's what the article's about. So if people want to read it, where do they find it? Uh, it's exclusively <laughs> on um, the San Diego County Gun Owners uh, website, sdcgo.org. Um, slash blog. Slash blog. All right. Thanks, Joe. That was great. Can't mm -hmm. wait to read it. Hey, don't go anywhere, folks. Melissa Lee's lined up next. Another great company, ZMAX Lube Review, right here on Gun Owners Radio FM. 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, Joe, what do you call humor without lube? I don't know, Michael. What do you call humor without lube? Dry. Oh my gosh, oh, seriously. Is that a dad, a dad joke? That's a dad joke. That's a dad joke. Dad joke. Rich is over there taking a victory lap. <laughs> You're being deported. <laughs> That's you, Dave. Oh, I was. PRMI Mortgage. <laughs> I was shocked. PRMI He's still mortgage. laughing. He's still laughing Prime, so hard. Oh, it was a ripper. Uh, PrimeRes.com slash Alpine. Are you in the military looking for help for a VA loan? Well, if you're looking to buy a refi, or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that can, that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com slash Alpine. There it is. All right, Squeaky. Okay, let me let me just squeak one, one last time. Oh, there we go. That's let's, me. Let's, let's, Old time let's, radio. Those are my, uh, oh, those are my knees. <laughs> it's the sound my knees I make apologize. these days. I apologize. I apologize, everybody. All right. Okay. Maybe we need, you know, maybe we need some maybe lube. lube. We need some lube What here. a great segue. Yes. Right there. There you go. See, okay, so we can use this Z-Max lube right here. It says, quiet and stop squeaks. Perfect. Ed, are you on the line with me? Ed from Z-Max. I am on the line with you. Hi, how are you? Oh, we're good. I'm waiting. I'm sitting on the back deck because this is the quietest place in the house. I'm trying to make sure my four-year-old does not escape to come out here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell us more about ZMAX. And you originally did not start out with um, gun cleaner and lube, correct? 
No, originally, um, ZMAX was originally it was called um, the Racers Lube, and it was started in '32 by a company called uh, Linky out of Chicago. It was purchased by um, Bruton Smith and uh, Sonic Automotive, who also owns ZMAX, owns Charlotte Motor Speedway with the Speedway Motorsports Incorporated Group. That's where ZMAX, my brand, is under that that umbrella um, by Bruton Smith because he was having issues with used car warranties and uh he bought the z-max the brand and changed the name over to z-max tweaked it a little bit but now he's been uh, in business since 94 and the racing products started three and a half years ago when i came over from joe gibbs racing where i was at my prior life for the last 15 years but the gun oil was something that kind of came out of that we were doing a v-twin motorcycle oil and we've seen with some of the different products we were playing with how it works so well with carbon and some of the guys that we were dealing with in the firearm industry were looking for something to help with the, with carbon. And that's kind of how the gun oil came to life out of that. Well, Dave is really into cars. So. I knew I knew all about Z-Max. That's why I couldn't wait to hear this <laughs> review. Now it makes perfectly good sense. I mean, Z-Max has been sponsoring mainly drag racing. Correct. Probably more than uh, any other form of sport. I have Z Max. I have Z Max in my garage as we speak. Yeah, that's actually where my office is. Actually, at the the tower at the Z Max drag strip in right. here in Concord, North Carolina, right. which is pretty neat. It's uh, it's definitely a nice background when you go to our conference room to have meetings. It actually sits on the four wide starting line. Yeah, so it's a really neat drop. You're so lucky. I know. I saw the building. I was like, wow, that is so cool. Is the formula yeah. the, is the formula the same, or did you adjust it for the firearms? For the firearms, yes. The, the formulation has changed. Obviously, okay. we added in a full synthetic base oil to it, gotcha. and then we added in the microlubricant. We did the bolt lube. The bolt lube is straight on microlubricant to cut through all the carbon. But to keep the to keep the guns lubricated when they're firing, you still needed something else, and that's where the synthetic oil came in mm-hmm. to blend it in find a perfect um, blend between the two to get it where it was, where it worked really well. Um, a lot of the guys in the special forces were starting to use it with their ARs. A lot of the guys are using it actually in their 50 calibers out in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the specialists out of Fort Collins were telling me that some of these guys actually soak their bullets in the form of before they go to the range to fire just because it gives a better direct job when it's firing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I only brought this up because if there's any shooters out there and they're also hot rodders, I don't want them going in and getting there saying, well, I don't have to buy that. I already got it in my garage. <laughs> right. Yeah, two different things. Yeah. Now, the stuff off the shelf, that's that's fantastic for any of your passenger cars. That's sure. the only API product we currently offer in the market right now. That stuff works great for your vehicles. If you're going to add it into your fuel, you're going to add it into your oil. Right. Especially the price of gases these days to extend the time of your life of your fuel out to drain a couple extra miles per gallon out of there. Right now, even in my personal vehicles, I'm seeing about three, three and a half gallons per mile by adding that to my fuel as well as into the oil. And you don't have to do that in between oil changes. You could just go to the gas station, right. pick up a bottle of it, pour it in, and it Done. carries through. Done. So um, I was looking on your website about um, – the lube and the you know the cleaner and stuff like that. The cleaner, it's interesting. It says it soaks into the metal, which I yeah, thought was and what pretty it does, interesting. If, 
Right. It finds peaks and valleys because all, if you ever look at a metal surface and you look at it and go, wow, that's smooth, every part of any metal that's out there has peaks and valleys in it. If you look at it under a microscope, and that's what that's doing. It's finding all the peaks and valleys in there, and it's filling that to keep the uh, corrosion inhibitors from going into your metals and rusting things out within your engine, especially right now with the, all the ethanol that's in the fuel um, it pours, it pulls so much moisture in there, and that's what that product's there to do. It's to stop that. Right. You know, and it's it's a great product. It's got a great reputation. It's got history behind it. Uh, where do people find it? You can find the the gun oil. You can go into any of the retailers and ask for it. If your retailer, your current retailer, does not have it, ask for it. It will get out there. Um, you should be in Bass Pros, Cabela's right now. Um, any of your local gun shops, we're starting to go more into, it's starting to grow a brand out there where people are starting to know what the product is because when it sits on the shelf, you get a hundred other products sitting there that we're up against. So, but what what we've been doing with the brand is taking it to people like Melissa and people that are out in the field that are shooting in these gun clubs and putting product in their hands to make believers out of it versus everybody else sits their stuff on a shelf and just hopes that it sells. With us, we're a little more proactive than that. Right. Nothing sells better than Hey, what do you got there, Melissa? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And, and you know what, too, is like they are actually going to be my product sponsor for my ladies' match, my ladies' USPSA match oh, in cool. November, which is kind of cool. Thank you for so, doing that. Um, you know, yeah. when I was looking at your website, what I found really interesting is that you got all these categories, automotive, heavy duty. And I was like, what's heavy duty? And I was like, oh, semi trucks kind of thing. Um, small engines like lawnmowers and such. Aviation, I was like, yeah. wow, aviation, you guys really set the bar high for your yeah. your oil. I think you have to be diverse. You know, in the company, the way it's growing, um, that's kind of like how they brought me in because there was another division they wanted to grow. They wanted to go after all these grassroots racers that show up at our racetracks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, SMI owns seven racetracks, seven NASCAR tracks, um, four dirt tracks and four NHRA tracks, they were going after all that grassroots business because that same guy that shows up the racetrack to race his car down the strip, nine times out of 10, he has a firearm. So I think people are starting to understand you got to take care of that firearm just like you do your everyday automobile. If you don't put oil in it, you don't do the proper maintenance, you're going to have problems. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, my thought was if it's good enough for a race car, it should be good enough for my gun, you know. <laughs> Well, it's the right. same. It does the same thing. It's it's a lubricant, and right. And it's just under a different. I mean, you take a, an NHRA top fuel engine that puts out thirteen thousand horsepower, and what's it? What's the temperature of the oil in, in a NHRA uh, car? I mean, well, NHRA pretty much a lot of those guys. You know, you go to top fuel mm-hmm. um, in the drag races. Those guys are putting out high temps. They're, they're probably seeing as fast as that thing's moving down the track oh. with the fuel that they're running because they run a nitro of 70. That stuff is just like burning propane through your engine. Yeah. So, yeah, it does. It gets up over 300 degrees. Same thing in a race car. You know, when we go to Martinsville to race, yeah. we'd be running around there 500 miles looking over at 310 degrees. Easy. So, yeah, all day long. So, so I'm that's looking at what oil does. I'm looking at a couple of bottles here. I'm looking at your cleaner and conditioner, your bore cleaner and conditioner, and it's pretty simple. It says put it on liberally and then and wipe it off. Um, so if I if right. I'm coming home from the range, um, I spray it down with the bore cleaner and conditioner, 
and then wipe it down. It says give it some time to let it soak in. Then you wipe it down, and that cleans it, right? Right. And then I put on, yes. and then I got another bottle here, the Bolt Lube, that cleans, lubes, and protects. So then I, I wipe it down with the with the cleaner. Yeah, you just wipe it down with the cleaner, and then just go back with the the Bolt Lube. You spray it on there, and that just keeps it all lubricated while it's sitting there. The the bore cleaner is basically to remove all that carbon buildup from you being at the range all day and firing your weapon. It's just continually going off, and with the heat and everything, building the dead off. So you spray the, the cleaner on there, and then just let it sit for a few minutes, and then go back and just wipe it off, and it'll remove the, it just cuts through the carbon without removing any kind of paint or hurting the surface of your firearm. So what's, And then just go back with the lube. What's the what's a degreaser do? Uh, that, I, I'll bet the you that's a question a lot of gun owners have wondered and felt like they were I, – I, I was too much of a man to ask that. But now I got you on the line. What the heck does – what do I do with a degreaser? A degreaser is basically almost the same thing. The degreaser will build up, take off any kind of buildup you have. Like, So to go back to the degreaser, that is something like when I was on the road with Joe Gibbs, when we'd come back after a race, we'd have all that rubber buildup underneath the race car. Spray all that on there. We'd let it sit for 20 minutes, hit it with a pressure washer, and it knocked it all off. Mm. Same thing. The degreaser will go in any additional buildup on the outside of your weapon from where you've been firing it all day. Just spray the degreaser on there, wipe it off. Do I use the degreaser? After, any kind of buildup. Do I, so do I use that once every six months, or do I use it after every use? Every time I come home from the range, I, I do the degreaser? use it after every use. Wow, okay. All right. Yeah. But after if you every don't, use, just to make sure. But if you don't, and you neglect it, and you realize, yeah. oh, shoot, I forgot to clean my guns, the degreaser will cut through everything. All, everything. Well, let me tell you why I already like this. Number one, it it's, doesn't smell bad, Yeah. which means my wife will let me clean my guns in the house. That's right. Number two, on the cap, you have a little holder for the little straw. So you can't lose it. So you can't. So WD-40 is notorious. I mean, I don't know how many of those little straws I've lost. <laughs> and you have a nice, cute little holder for it. I'm, I'm in. That's I'm, why I'm All right, a, so I'm before, a, we, before we cut out, oh. um, I have a giveaway for a listener. Just um, sign up on gunownersradio.com, and you will get a T-shirt, a hat from Z-Max, and you'll get your sample of Bore Lube and, and Cleaner. And if you want to save 10%, go to ZMAX.com. Use code GOR10 to save 10% off. Thank you so much, Ed, for joining us. I appreciate it, and I love your product. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys having us. You guys have a happy and safe fourth. Thanks a lot, Ed. By the way, I do a motorsports show, so I was kind of thrilled to talk to you. Just bright my whole day. <laughs> hey, well, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> want- up anytime. You got it, buddy. All right, hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, But don't go anywhere because it is going to be awesome. The answer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.8-1170. The answer. (laughs) All right, folks. Welcome back to... Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. So can you tax a constitutional right? The independence-minded city of San Jose thinks so. Stick around. We're going to talk about it. But first, we are so proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. They offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors. And they provide a rock-bottom price on the best selection of gear 
and accessories. You can learn a lot more about them at National Concealed Carry Association dot net. Hey, so earlier we said uh, on uh, you know on this kick Britain's butt day that we had the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, but no Air Force representation. But actually, we do. Shauncey, our uh, our uh, one of our producers, yeah. um, was a uh, veteran of the Air Force. It was the Canadian Air Force, but they, you know. Kick the British butt too. They got out of there too. Between us and uh, the English. What did you say, Chauncey? You only had two airplanes. Two airplanes. Okay, that's good. (laughs) So they're ready. Hey, two is a force. That's right. Thank you for your service, Chauncey. All right. So the city of San Jose, (laughs) which has been notoriously anti-gun for years, um, their district attorney in particular is uh, extremely anti-gun, and uh, that's uh, that's up. Just, just on the very south tip of the San Francisco Bay, uh, if you're not familiar with where San Jose is, uh, they decided they actually have a whole bunch of new anti-gun laws. Sound like you know the way to San Jose. I know. <laughs> nice. You knew that was coming. Yeah, that was awesome. So, uh, see, that's that would that's the a joke we should have. Joke. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the one we should have set up. So, uh, anyway, San Jose is uh, they actually are coming up with a bunch of really horrible gun laws. And and you know San Jose is a city. It's not a you know it's not a county. It's not a state. Uh, it is certainly not the federal government. And that's something that you know San Diego County gun owners we knew we see we saw this coming years ago when we started. Hey, these gun laws are going to start you know happening on the municipal level, and that's exactly what's going on here. This is a Brady organization uh, wish list, and uh, so they did a couple things. One is you have to they need uh, video cameras at gun shops. So if you go in to buy a, a, a gun, you're gonna ha- you're gonna be on camera. Smile, you're on candid camera. And there, there's a bunch of other proposals. The worst of which, though, is they're going to tax you simply for being a gun owner. So just the act of owning a firearm, they're going to send you a bill and tax you, um, which is whether uh, you buy anything or not. Well, yeah, no, just owning, just owning right. a firearm, you right. they're gonna tax you. If you don't pay that tax, or if you're caught with a firearm that hasn't been taxed, taxed successfully, they confiscate it. Is, is this not how the original Independence Day started? That's why I wanted <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> 245 years later, look right where we are. Um, you know, and the, the worst part, there's there's so much bad about this. You know, no matter who you are, whether you're a, a you know a, a private rights person, whether you're a gun person, whether you're a tax person, or whether you're just a, an American, um, this, this, this there's so much that's bad about this thing, and they keep telling us, oh no 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 no, we're you know the anti-gun groups, we we just want reasonable common sense gun laws. That's all. We're not trying to take your guns. We're we're not trying to punish law-abiding citizens. Okay, well. MS-13 isn't going to pay their taxes on their on their. I'm afraid now. You know what I mean? They're not taxing, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, gangs. You know, the Bloods and the Crips aren't going to be stroking checks and making sure that they pay their 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 gun tax. Um, they're absolutely punishing law-abiding son, uh, uh, gun owners, and they're absolutely trying to take guns away. You know, it's it's not even kinda anymore. This is totally uh, you know legit, and uh, it's really truly. I made I, I was on Carl DeMaio's show on Friday, and made the assertion. I wanted to see what you guys thought about this. This is absolutely no different. It is the moral equivalent of, and and functionally the same thing as a poll tax. And if you're not familiar with what a poll tax is or was, um, 
in the South, in the Southern states, they would actually tax people before they could vote. And it would, you know, they, they disproportionately enforce this on African Americans. And the idea was to keep African Americans from voting. Right. Um, so that they couldn't vote against the racist Jim Crow laws and that sort of thing. There's no difference here. And, and they're, they're, you can tell by the reason that they gave. The reason that they're giving is that, hey, uh, we, we, uh, the, the city of San Jose spends millions of dollars on gun violence. Therefore, for you to own a gun, you have to pay us back for this, for this gun violence. Because it's your fault. Because it's your fault. Yeah, and what it, what it does is disproportionately hurt the people that they're always saying they're trying to help. Yep. The people that don't have a lot of money. You know, to where this is a big deal now because you know if you have money, eh, okay, another tax. If you're you're really, you know, if you don't have a lot of money, saying every dollar counts, now this is a useless tax that once again you have to pay, or it keeps you from owning firearms, or it criminalizes your uh, your behavior again. But you know, this this goes beyond firearms too, because for anyone even who who supports this. If, if they allow the government to do this to gun owners, what will they come after next? So yep. it's setting a very dangerous precedent for just our rights as Americans in general. You do know they're going to start charging you by the mile what you drive. Have you heard that one? Yeah. No, I hadn't heard that Oh, one. no, no. That's what, that's what Newsom's working on. In other words, because we're not – if he pushes everybody to electric cars, the only way to get you out of your gas car is charge you like a dollar a mile – which makes you not want to drive to San Francisco. Which also forces you into public transportation, Correct. which they can regulate. Correct. Now you need papers. Correct. Now, okay, mm-hmm. prove to me you're vaccinated. That's right. Prove to me this we'll push before you, you into go. an electric car. And, oh, you're right, we don't have a grid, so we really can't charge your electric car. But you need an electric car. Well, didn't they just say that the other day? You can't, you, if you had an electric car, you weren't supposed to charge it during oh, the yeah, day or Facebook, something. And Facebook whacked me. <laughs> oh, what? Facebook what happened? whacked me. Said false information. Oh, is that what that is? Not true. Because I heard that rumor I don't have an app too. for that. No. I don't have an app for that either. But if you, you know, it, but it sounds. I mean, it sounds reasonable I for out pl- here. I was very proud. And, you know, the, the thing <laughs> is, the way to... The fact I, checkers I, got you. What I really... So I wanted to bring this up because it's the ultimate irony that we're talking about this on the 4th of July. Because it's exactly what happened. And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, independence. We're going to talk about the Declaration of Independence in the next segment a little bit and talk a little bit about the history. And I'm actually going to read a section of the of the uh, uh, Declaration of Independence. Is that but your mic drop? It, it, we're going we're to get there. So... But the thing is, you know, the way to talk about this isn't to, you know, call people names and, oh, you know, typical, you know, libtard or whatever, darn liberals or their blah, 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 blah. You have to explain to people that, hey, this is a civil right. Your right to keep and bear arms is a civil right. San Diego County Gun Owners is a civil rights organization. We are fighting for a civil right. And it's your right to self-defense. It's your right to, de- to, to defend mm-hmm. yourself, to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were talking about the uh, Apagoa, which uh, you guys are starting, um, you know, you guys are well, a civil rights. Well, he can say right- that because Dave is wasn't Yeah, because Patrick or Patrick's wasn't. gone. You guys are a civil rights organization. You know, you're not fighting for a sport. <clears throat> you're not fighting for a hobby. You know, the entire foundation of what you guys are talking about is, hey, we're being attacked. We're being attacked for the simple fact that we're of Asian descent. And in order to defend ourselves, 
you know, what, what, do you, what, what do you guys need to defend yourself? What's the most effective tool in, in human history when it comes to self-defense? Firearms. Firearms. So here's another thing, too, about that San Jose thing. Isn't it true that they, they want to or they're going to make you have insurance? In order to own the firearm or something like that, uh, I think yeah, I think they were they were talking about that. But I mean, this tax is is kind of the same thing. And if you look at you know the, they they assigned some enormously huge number, you know that uh, uh, it, it, like sixty five million dollars a year is spent on gun violence. And if you really if you looked and, and break that down, there were some hard costs. Like okay, if 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 some gang member gets shot and ends up in an ER and they have to treat him, well, you know the the city has to pay for that, right? Um, that's a that's a hard cost, but then there were there was like emotional you know damage yeah. and you know stuff like that where they just inflated this ridiculous mm-hmm. number, and this, so my my fear though is that everybody's going to hear this and go oh no, gee, that's horrible and they're going to throw their hands up in the air and wait for someone to sue. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm sure someone's going to sue. Someone's going to you know some organization is going to sue. I'm sure that's going to happen, but you can't sit around and wait for that. It's coming. Because that takes years. You'll take, be in litigation. Well, for again, years. like you always say, it, it's be it's far better to get the right people elected at the local city council level, so you don't have to deal with this kind of stuff in the first place. Yeah. Well, and we have 18 cities in the, in the county of San Diego. There's 26 cities in the in the county of of Orange, um, and this is coming. I I am convinced that the city of San Diego is going to pull this same ridiculous crap. Uh, Del Mar might try this. You know, oh, Solana yeah. Beach might. But you know what's not you know who what city's not going to try this? Santee. Yep. Oceanside. Escondido. Alpine. Um El Cajon. Alpine. Alpine. Well, they don't have a city council, but Yeah, we do. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Dave Stahl? Darn right. But why? Why isn't Santee going to pull this? Because they have the right people elected. In office. That's yeah. right. Um, you know, in San Diego, I, there are nine city council members, eight of them, at least they're going to vote for this thing. If it, if it gets introduced, um, you know, Irvine potentially could pass something like this. Some of the cities up in, in Orange County. Um, but, but again, this is your civil right that we're talking about. This isn't a hobby. This isn't a, an interest. This isn't a, you know, this is your, your civil right, your, your ability to, to defend yourself, to protect yourself. And they are taxing it. That's why it is so important for people to realize that, like, laws like this will not change if we don't elect the right people. And that's why San Diego County Gun Owners get is doing in, it for you. So get become involved. a member and get, get involved. involved. All right, folks. We are going to talk about the 4th of July. You can hear it. You can't hear it if you're not listening. So make sure you tune in. This is Gun Owners Radio FM. 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. Well, we live in a state where your self-defense rights are under attack. So let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. You need to help us spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things you can do. One, like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Instagram, the podcast, or wherever you like to listen to our show. Share the show with as many friends as you can. And thanks for tuning in. And remember, together, we will win. 
All right, so normally we do our uh, stump my nephew, but we already stumped him today at the 4 o'clock hour. He's yeah. up flying around looking at fireworks. And we normally do the mic drop. You wanted me to do that? Oh. <laughs> so we normally do the, the mic drop. Mic drop. Uh, and uh, I thought we'd do something a little bit different. Uh, you know, the mic drop really is, is uh, you know, a couple minutes where we – criticize a local official for for being uh constructively criticize yeah, yeah constructively criticize a local official for something they're doing wrong normally it's gun related for but their shortcomings <laughs> for their extreme shortcomings and it being uh you know beat the british day fourth of july independence what i thought i'd do is i thought i'd read not the entire thing because uh, we don't have as much time uh, as it would take but I thought we'd read a little bit from what I consider the ultimate mic drop, which was the Declaration of Independence, which is uh, that's what was drafted and then signed and then distributed on this day 245 years ago. Um, and why it was the ultimate mic drop is that this was the, the catalyst that, that kicked it all off, that formed the nation. A little patriotic music in the background, please. Can we get a little something going there? Yeah, let's do that. I'm a little patriotic music. Nice and low. Okay, so here we go. And I'll bet you, how many people, have, when's the last time you guys read the Declaration of Independence? This morning. <laughs> Before today. I would have been in high school for me. It's a long, been a long time. All right, without further ado. So read slow. The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that when whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute depotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient suffrage of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having indirect ob uh, object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over the states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. And he goes on to, you can cut the music, he goes on to actually list specific things. Um, and we were just talking, there was actually a whole section on slavery 
um, which was interesting because this was written by Thomas Jefferson, who was a slave owner. Um, but that was actually voted out by the by the colonies. They didn't include that because there were a lot of colonies that wanted to continue to, to own slaves. And that's an, un- an unfortunate thing that was eventually corrected through a whole lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But the reality of this thing is these were normal people who had a whole lot to, to lose. Everything, in fact. Um, the ultimate uh, punishment for, for, for their activities was, was death. Um, and I, you know, one thing that, that, that bothers me is that I hear people emphasize the part of the, of, uh, of, of this whole thing that was, that was the violence, you know, that, Hey, they took up arms and, and, uh, um, you know, fought the British and, and, uh, you know, that's, that's the focus. And I think a lot of that is, is kind of romanticized and maybe even some dark humor, but the reality is this, these were activists. These were people that, you know, wrote letters and took action and formed a government and showed up, showed up. They didn't just take arms and say, hey, we're going to we're going to get to fighting. And the Constitution that was written and, and ratified and that we live under now made sure that the fighting part never had to happen again, that there was the ability to, you know, vote, make decisions, take it to court um, so that the violence never had to happen again. And, and one thing that that uh, that uh, annoys me about our our community sometimes our gun community is this uh, the last few years this boogaloo attitude and if you're not familiar with what boogaloo means it's kind of this tongue in cheek term for for armed revolution is really right is that yep. is that an accurate description yeah it is you know th- that's probably the most un American thing you could possibly talk about right and the the, the reason is is because uh, there were people who did actually fight. And we just went through a year and a half. If you weren't going to pick up arms and and fight back against the tyrannical government, you know, in the last year and a half of everything that happened, when the it. government told you you had to stay at home and, and, you know, can't travel without a vaccine, all these things that happened. Now, thank God nobody did, because frankly, you're a lunatic if you do. But the reality is you got to stop talking about it. You know, you got to you got to end it. Yeah, you have to you have to realize that what they were doing with the uh, uh, with uh, with this document was was putting forth a uh, the ability for people to participate in their own future and govern themselves, but you have to show up. You have to show up. You have to be involved. And we were talking a little bit about that with with Joe's um, with, with you know with Joe's segment. And you know when I hear people say, "Well, gee, if they ever show up at my house, you know they're not going to take my guns." Okay, well, you've never even shown up at a city council meeting. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're, that's your plan is to wait for them to come confiscate your gun and possibly fight back with violence? You know, that there's probably 150 steps before that. And number one is getting to know who your actual representatives are because that's the most American thing you can do. You know, when you have a representative uh, form of government, uh, you know, that was put put together from a from a uh, from a document that most people I know, especially gun owners, consider sacred. You know, the Constitution. Um, and if you're not following that plan, you know, how much are you really honoring the people that really truly uh, did pull triggers so that you could have a free country of the self-governed? Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> So I don't know what what are your my assertion that the the Declaration of Independence is the ultimate uh, activist document. What are your thoughts? 
No, I think I, I agree with you there. They, they did not take going to war lightly. And I think that was an absolute last resort where they ended up. And, and remember what happened, you know, at Concord, they didn't actually fire a shot until that tyrannical government came and tried to seize, you know, their guns, their ammunition. Because back then, back in the day, um, you know, the towns stored all that stuff commonly because gunpowder was a lot less stable. So they had buildings where they, they stored that stuff. And that that was really the last resort. I mean, the last thing that triggered it. And, uh, you know, hopefully we should never get to that point again in this country. But like you're saying, if people don't get involved, in, and like I was saying in the article today, you know, if you don't get involved and take a part in this, you can't just sit back because the people that, that want to change some things, that, that want to, you know, in my view, destroy what we have here, I, they're not going to stop. And, and unless Americans stand up and stop them politically, you know, it could very well lead to that 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 last resort kind of thing but if like i said but if you if you don't even know who your mayor is exactly yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, well, you know yeah. when i talk to people and they say well gee gosh i'm getting all steamed up and you know what are we gonna do i don't what did you say what did your what did your uh, representative say when you brought this up to him? i don't know who you're even talking about mike yeah because i say i have the same thing because uh, i you know because you ask oh what have you done uh you know nothing and you know, there's, so okay. there, you guys have all heard the the, the phrase, uh, you know, the price of freedom is ever vigilance, right? Oh yeah. And what does that really mean? You know, what what does it mean to be vigilant? And to be vigilant, it means involved. You're really involved. You have to run your own life. It means knowing who your representative is. That's yeah. what it means. And, it uh, means not sitting around watching Fox News. No. And you know, repeating platitudes. It means hey, I gotta go get involved. It means I gotta stand up. I gotta put time aside. You know, in order for me to be free, I have to I have to actually literally run my own life. But well, and that's you know, you know, and that's that's what I advise people to do. You know, get involved at the level you're comfortable at in, in areas that you're comfortable with. Everybody's got a a unique thing they can get involved in. All right, Amy's coming in hot. Yeah, I know. yeah no, I'm just uh, you know I'm agreeing with all these points and activism, especially where it comes to the Second Amendment really begins with just a phone call or an email to your local legislator. That's it. At the very least. And the very it's least. not hard to find out who your representative is. Because well, I think San Diego County gun owners I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a great resource for all of that. But I, I wanted to, I just thought, you know what, there is absolutely no m mic drop that I could have written that would have outdone, you know, Th Thomas Jefferson's mic drop. So I wanted to read a portion of that. I invite you all to do the same. And, of course, uh, get involved in San Diego County Gun Owners. And if you're listening on YouTube, on the podcast, hit the like and subscribe button and share the show with as many friends as you can. And do us a favor, support our sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, U.S. Law Shield, the Dillon Law Group, Seal One, PRMI Mortgage, Blackhound Optics, and National Concealed Carry Association. Want to thank uh, Joe, Mike, Sam, the gunman, uh, Melissa, Amy, uh, and that Lord of Sound, Brendan Thomas. And if you have any questions, concerns, or you want to listen to the podcast, go to gunownersradio.com. And remember, we can't change if we don't get involved. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.